0: And gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon. Joined as always, who's going to be going to heck in a sec in just a few short weeks? It's Captain Tibbs. So I've
1: been to heck and back more times than you can count, and I'm ready for another round.
0: That is right, Tibbs. One of the biggest pay per views, most devastating pay per views of the year. Heck in a sec, the pay-per-view that features the titular match, the Heck in a Sec match, which might be one of the most devastating structures you can enter as a JWF superstar. What do you think, Tibbs?
1: Absolutely, Sills. It is just a a perfect cube of metal, twisted metal. It is razor sharp in some areas and it's almost impossible to escape from.
0: That's right. We know some superstars have had their careers made in heck in a sec. Uh, Blake Tanner comes to mind. Momoa Curry. Legends have been made in that horrifying structure But of course careers have been ended. Devastation reigns inside the heck in a sec structure and one man who is no stranger to that match is our JWF Captain's Champion the Dillon. A man who we've seen face off against Scotty Moore in that structure. Numerous matches has the Dillon had inside heck in a sec.
1: Absolutely Sills. I I think the Dillon well This might just be the place where he's going to be in the most danger.
0: That's right. And the Dylan has actually come down to our ring right now. And he says he has a historic announcement. So why don't we have a listen?
2: Welcome to another JWF Monday Night Ignition. You know what that means. Another robotic promo. So come on. Hit the boiler points with me. Another one up. Another one down. Came into the pay-per-view. Left the same way. So you might be wondering, what comes after beating yet another jabroni ass? And I have to tell you, I'm pretty sure what I'm going to do this time is... Oh, Tibbs! The music of Blake Tanner, the man who Dylan
0: famously denied to fight at the Hangover pay-per-view. The man Dylan defeated at Summerfest coming out to the ring, and you know Blake Tanner can't be happy.
1: Not at all, Sills. Lost his apprentice, beat him up, then had him, then Dylan tried to attack him. That is right. So why don't we hear what Blake Tanner has to say? It's an open challenge, isn't it, Dylan? Huh? Yeah, that's going to be your big announcement. I know. I'm sorry. Did I spoil it for everybody? I I know you weren't expecting that one, were you? Another open challenge for the JWF's Captain's Championship. All right. Great and powerful Dylan coming out, showing how good he is, how wonderful he is, because he beat that worthless little fuck, Gauzy. God, I love it. You can face anyone in that locker room and defeat them that easily, can't you, Dylan? That's what you think, right? Well, go ahead. Come on, please,
3: please. Let me have a front row seat while you issue your open challenge. And let me be the one to come down there and
1: beat your ass. Summerfest? Summerfest, that was a fluke. That was a fluke, and you got lucky, and you know it. If Hangover proved anything, it's that you, you're afraid to face me. You'd rather face somebody weak and pitiful like Gazi. So come on. Come on, you coward. Issue your open challenge. Throw down the gauntlet. Uh,
2: I actually was going to announce I was partnering with a local pizza joint for charity, but yeah, no, no, this works too. Uh, I issue an open challenge for my JWF World Championship to anyone other than Blake Tanner.
0: Oh, fuck you, Ronnie Dillon. Oh, Tims look at that. The intellect of the Dylan coming to play. Blake Tanner wanted the open challenge to come back, and he got it. The only problem is Blake Tanner can't answer it.
1: No, Sills, that is... <laughs> Oh, the dealer really knows how to push Blake Tanner's buttons at this point, and it's very entertaining to watch. That's
0: right. You see Blake Tanner just looking furious, rushing towards the back, but oh, my God, turns around into a gaslighter from the king of the hill himself, Robert Hill, and he is walking straight for that ring. Pointing a finger at the Dylan. And Tibbs, it looks like the, the open challenge has been answered. And this is a match and a half we're about to see happen.
1: Holy shit, Sills. I wasn't expecting this. That's right.
0: Robert Hill been undefeated in the JWF. Never been pinned. Never been submitted. But also, neither has the Dylan. And that bell goes ring. And look, both men... Just locking up in the center of the ring. God, Tims, it's like watching two Bills locking horns.
1: Very much so, Sills. You see, you see Robert Hill is this tall opposing man, but you forget just how massive the Dylan is in comparison. Look at how tall both of these guys are, and they're going pound for pound against each other.
0: That's right, but it looks like Robert with the strength advantage, though, backing Dylan up into the corner before, ooh, breaking away and just stomping Dylan in the gut. Robert stomping a proverbial mud hole in the technical spectacle right now before, oh, wait a minute, Tibbs. We know Robert, he ain't a man who likes to get paid by the hour, picking up Dylan and looking for the gaslighter. But, ooh, Dylan reverses, sweeping the leg. Before rushing the ropes and a massive running senton takes down the Dylan and Tibbs that's the one advantage I'm gonna give the Dylan in this match. Robert Hill, we have seen to be a proven beast of a competitor. He's very good at a brawling style, but Dylan, as we've seen in the past has that brawling style. He has technical prowess. He has high-flying ability. When it comes to wrestling, he seems to be a lot more rounded than Robert Hill.
1: Not only that, Sills, he is well-rounded, but he is not just a simple jack-of-all-trades, master of none. He seems to have mastered the three critical areas of in-ring ability, which is something that you don't see very much, maybe once in a generation selves.
0: That's right, you see Dylan now working on his ground game, keeping Robert in a headlock but, oh Tibbs, look at this, sometimes don't matter if you're a jack of all trades when you're going against a powerhouse like Robert Hill who manages to lift Dylan off the ground and, oh, slamming him over his knee for a massive backbreaker going for the pin is Robert Hill one Two. Ooh, kick out from the captain's champion and Robert is looking to end things quickly at this point. We know Robert, he's yet to be tested in a lengthy match. Picking up Dylan going for the gaslighter, but wait a minute, wait a minute, Dylan! Dylan ducks underneath, grabs the arm, and he's slammed him to the earth! Dylan's going for the vice! Dylan going for the anaconda vice, but he's got it
1: locked in, but no,
0: look at the strength of Robert Hill. We thought he had it locked in, but at the very last minute, Robert extending out those arms and stopping Dylan from getting that hole Hold on, and you know that's got to be terrifying. If you're, you're Dylan, that's that's your ace up your sleeve. That's your silver bullet. And Robert is just standing to his feet and, oh, landing in some quick shots to the skull with those fists before picking up Dylan. And, oh, Tibbs, he's got him. He's got him locked in. The arms are butterfly. He has lifted him up, looking to end things with the gaslighter. But, oh, my God. God, from out of nowhere, Blake Tanner, Blake Tanner rushing the ring with that steel chair and cracking it over the spine of Robert Hill, forcing the disqualification tip. What the hell is Blake Tanner thinking?
1: I don't know, Sills. It looks like the Dylan's announcement earlier has made him more than livid. He doesn't care who answers that open challenge. As long as it's not him, he's going to go after him
0: that's right but wait a minute Tibbs look at this look at Robert Hill we know Blake Tanner no spring chicken when it comes to steel chair shots but Robert Hill is still standing Robert Hill is still standing he looks furious at Blake Tanner before oh dropping him with the gas lighter once again and Robert is just storming to the back and Tibbs let me tell you something you don't want a pissed off king of the hill running through the backstage area not at
1: all, Sills. I, I'd tell anybody out there in the back to watch out. He might break something.
0: That's right, and I want to just talk about Robert Hill. Robert Hill has had a absolutely dominant streak throughout his career ever since Summerfest. He's only been here, what, Two, three months, and he has already shown out against the likes of Funky Flossy. He's shown out against legends like the man known as David Honey Mustard Jenkins, a man who is backstage right now. Tips, we haven't seen Honey Mustard since that match. What do you think he's here for?
1: I don't know, Sills. Maybe he's coming out to to announce uh, what his trajectory is in the company. You know, if he wants to come out do his own singles run, if he wants to reteam with Coach. We're going to have to see. That's right. So why don't we go
0: backstage to one of our top interviewers who are sitting by with David Jenkins.
1: Let's have a listen. Hello, everybody. Honey pot me. Oh, my God. Why? No, 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 no. Tims from out of
0: nowhere, it's Robert Hill rushing in and leveling Honeypot, just taking him off of his feet with a massive clothesline before picking up David Jenkins and, oh, my God, just tossing him through a catering table. Robert just threw David like he was a damn lawn dart, Tim. That is not good, Silves. You were right about that pissed-off king. That's right. Robert Hill has absolutely snapped backstage.
4: Why are you interviewing him, huh? Why didn't you have a spot carved out for me? Seems like that's how this whole damn company is. They're having a spot ready for Robert Hill. You see, that's exactly who I am. I'm the man that the JWF never expected. I am a dominator. I am a destructor. And this company doesn't know how to handle a man like that. I am the undefeated beast of the JWF. Where was I on that last pay-per-view, though, huh? Where am I on these interviews, honey boy? Nowhere. Because the JWF is afraid of me. They're afraid to keep me on their screens before I wreck more of their superstars like your little honey mustard.
0: Oh, God, Robert, with a big boot to honeypot but you can see Jenkins coming up from behind but he walks straight into a gaslighter down onto the concrete Robert Hill snap but oh Tibbs look behind him right now it is David Honey Mustard Jenkins tag team partner it is Coach James and it looks like he has one hell of a problem with Robert Hill after what he just did to his tag team partner
1: I'll tell you what Sills I would too that is not something that you want to come in, walk into a room and see your partner going through.
0: That is right, Tibbs. An absolutely horrifying beatdown from Robert Hill. And let me tell you something: whoever he faces next in a JWF ring, I am—I I gotta be afraid for.
1: Absolutely, Sills. I'm really glad I'm not in competition anymore. He looks like he could crush about half of our roster like a bug.
0: That's right. And speaking of dominant forces in the JWF, we may have seen a dominant force formed just last week, Tibbs, when the host of Wrestle Wars, the man with the body of steel, AJ Steele, aligned himself. With the wild-eyed Southern boys to form the group known as Hard Americans. And it seems like they have their sights set on one of the most dominant factions that the JWF has ever seen. Of course, I'm talking about the VWO, Griffin Clouds, Justin, his brother, the Hammerman, FOMO Son. These four men have been dominant in this company for years. But unfortunately, the Hard Americans are looking to put an end to it.
1: So, their name really just can't be Hard Americans, can it?
0: I believe
1: AJ, on the, uh,
0: the official documentation for the stable that every stable is forced to submit, was going to write hardworking Americans, and he just ran out of letters. So he just had to shorten it to Hard Americans.
1: All right, Sills, it looks like they have put themselves against the VWO While the VWO is at, honestly, the best they've been looking all year So, it could be anybody's game
0: That is right, and the VWO are in the ring right now To respond to the Hard Americans' assault on our tag team champions The Rising Suns from last week So why don't we hear what Griffin Clouds, the leader of the VWO, has to say
3: Huh. So this is what it comes to. Hmm. The VWO are apparently in the devious crosshairs of the hard Americans. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Our 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 title stands for the Vape World Order. And how is their name even more ridiculous than that? I mean, come on. These guys have all aligned themselves to come together to make the JWF great again. They can't even make a good name for themselves. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Heard that all before. But let me just indulge you. You want to make the JWF great again. Exactly uh, what are you
1: thinking about going back to guys what was what was the great period in jwf when were things so much better than they are right now What was it
3: oh i don't know when when we were just getting started as this company everyone was all fresh-faced ready to make an impact on the world coming from all across the country and all across the world and the vwo were all champions Hmm, I like that. Maybe maybe it was during last year's Los Trios Tangos when the JWF was aligning itself to take on their own demons from the past, and the VWO we were. Oh, champions. We were still champions back then, weren't we, boys? Oh, I'm, I'm beginning to like the sound of this. You know... It seems to me that when you look back in the history of the JWF,
1: the greatest times were when the gold was around our waist. And would you look at that? Our brothers right here happened to have the
3: JWF Tag Team Championships. You don't have to make the JWF great again, boys. That's the hard truth because, well... We're already great as it is. And if you want to take us out, let me just remind you of what the JWF was like last time you got rid of the VWO. You
1: remember that? Brunch Boy Baron became the champion. Rat Boy Connor held the gold. And let me just check my notes
3: here. Yeah. Ryback was in the company for some reason. Great, great call, everybody. Yeah, that was great. So great right there, huh? No, that was the darkest
1: timeline. That was everything. That was everything that this company shouldn't be.
3: (laughs) It's all right. I get it, though. You boys are so convinced that we're part of the problem. But maybe it's you. So how about... We give you the opportunity to face us at heck in a sec. And how about we up the ante a little bit? Make it a four-on-four elimination match. The VWO versus the Hard
1: Americans
3: to prove who exactly makes this company great. And believe me, that night... Much like in November, you're going to lose, and the VWO is going to make the JWF great again.
0: Well, Tibbs, an impassioned promo there from Griffin Clouds, and you know what, Tibbs? i got to agree with him some of the best moments in JWF history were brought to us by the VWO but also you gotta remember the wild eyed southern boys the hard Americans have also been part of some great moments hell last year's match of the year was between Spider Lockhart and Sam Adams two members of the hard Americans
1: that is true Sills however greatness cannot be measured by the impact of a single moment I am not a man about creating single moments I am a man about creating quality and that is what this company is about and overall the greatest quality that you have seen is when the VWO was in just about half the damn show every week so maybe they're on to a point there That is right,
0: Tibbs, but speaking of great moments at JWF, I'd like to talk about a dark moment in JWF history just a few short weeks ago at the Hangover pay-per-view. The fatal four-way match, Momoa Curry versus the man we just heard from, Griffin Clouds, versus Guy Fieri versus Chuck Tibbs, and we knew that match may have just been Momoa Curry's last opportunity to challenge for the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. And that match ended when Momoa Curry's jaw was jacked by Guy Fieri. That vicious right-hand knockout punch took him down, and it led to Guy Fieri standing as our JWF World Heavyweight Championship and last week we heard that there was one man upset about that and it was of course the former champion himself, your son Chuck Tip.
1: Uh, I know that better than just about anyone, else. I haven't stopped hearing about it uh, I even know that right now Chuck has sequestered himself away to do nothing but training until he gets his shot at Guy Vietti again
0: That's right. Those two going to be meeting at heck in a sec in that vicious structure. In the heck in a sec structure. And Guy Fietti, you know he couldn't have been happy to hear that he's going to be facing Chuck Tibbs last week. Which is why we've sent one of our top interviewers to hear from Fietti and what he thinks about his upcoming match. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dodd the Dad McDonald backstage here with the JWF champion and the king of Flavortown, Guy Fietti, a man who's now officially to battle against Chuck Tibbs inside the heckin' a sex structure in just a few short weeks for his JWF championship. And now, Guy, I gotta ask, how do you feel going toe-to-toe with the former champion?
1: Wait, 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 hold
0: on, hold on. Is that really how we're classifying him here? A former champion? Surely there has to be a little asterisk beside that at this point, right? I mean, the man only had, what, three proper matches while champion and ended up losing two of them? I mean, in my day, holding a championship meant that you were the best of the best, and all this title reign proved was that Chuck Tibbs isn't the best. You see, the Chuck Tibbs experiment was about seeing if Chuck could prove himself, if Chuck Tibbs backed into a corner, could stand toe-to-toe with some of the biggest names in this company, and he flopped. But I will say, I understand, I understand where Chuck Tibbs is coming from. I understand what it's like to spend years climbing that mountain only to get kicked down time and time again. And you see, after enough times getting kicked off that proverbial mountain, I realize something. The ascent? The ascent, that's easy. It's about being stronger than the man at the top of the mountain and throwing his ass down instead of yourself. You see, there's only room for one man at the top, and Chuck Tibbs proved he wasn't strong enough to throw that man down. But I did. I pinned Momoa Curry, the god of the JWF, to the mat and won this belt over my shoulder, I took his spot. I'm the man here in the JWF. And at heck in a sec, I'm gonna do to Chuck Tibbs
3: exactly what I did to Momoa Curry. And that's throw him from the top of the mountain. Because there's
0: only room enough up here for one man. And that man
3: is the king of of Flavortown Guy Fieri
0: well Tibbs a powerful statement there from the king of Flavortown ahead of that heck in a sec match and you know what I hate to say it but Guy was making some great points there during his title reign Chuck only had about 3 pay per view matches and he ended up losing 2 of them Chuck Tibbs kind of proved that he was not ready for that title but hell I would, I think that there's one person you couldn't tell that to, and that's Chuck
1: Tiff. That is right, Sills. He proved that he could do it. He proved that he could win the championship. But as Guy Fieri mentioned, that is less than half the battle. That is less than half the battle when you are champion. Because at that point, everybody in this company, it doesn't matter if they just started here a week ago, they're gunning for your ass.
0: That's right, and not only that, even if you do win the championship, you got to remember there will always be Momoa Curry, that albatross around your neck, the fact that you are sharing a locker room with a legend. And if you can't beat Momoa Curry, if you can't get his respect, well, that championship, it's good as nothing. And we know Chuck certainly didn't earn his respect, but Guy Fieri at least got a pinfall over the man.
1: Very true, Sills. I think it's safe to say that Guy does not have Momoa Curry's respect in any way after his actions, but he still did get that pinfall, as you mentioned, which does probably put him a hair above Chuck in some people's minds. That's
0: right, but now, Tibbs, let's move on to our main event of the evening, the fifth match in the best-of-seven series between Danny Roanoke and Hollywood Hulcher, a man who is in a do-or-die situation. We know at uh, the Hangover pay-per-view, Danny Roanoke earned his third victory in this pay- in this series, which does mean that if Danny gets the victory tonight, it's all over for Hollywood.
1: That's right, Sills. So best of seven. First one to four wins.
0: That's right, and of course, we know last week Hollywood said, that Danny Roanoke had taught him a few things. Taught him that he can't rely on the same old, same old. That he was going to have to think outside the box. And we can only hope that he does that tonight as that bell goes ringing. Oh, look at that. Danny immediately going after the leg. Just trying to kick out the knee from underneath Holcher. But you can see Hollywood wisely pulling it away. That is a smart move from the rookie who's trying for that lockup. But, oh, Danny reversing it into a hammerlock. And unfortunately Hollywood's smart moves
1: Seem to not pay off Very true Sills But it shows that he is coming into this match With a completely different mindset Than we saw at Hangover He is coming in with He's trying to outfox Danny Roanoke At this point which I don't even know if it's possible
0: That's right. And then you can see Danny wrenching on that hammer lock before. Oh, my God. Just bashing in the back of Halcher's skull with a forearm before. Oh, my God. Just slapping him. Across the face, the ultimate disrespect. And Hollywood just rushes him with a series of punches, taking him in the corner. But look at this emotion out of culture. Danny has got him uh, denying that intellect, rushing off of emotion that quickly. And it allows him to land a big shot and then a massive knee strike to the head and levels him with a dragon corkscrew leg whip. And Tibbs, look just like that, just without a motion play. He's got Holcher down, grab it at the knee, rolling out of the ring. This is the game of mental chess that
1: Roanoke likes to play. Absolutely, Sills. Sometimes you can win a match before you the you can win a match before the bell even rings if you can play mind games at the level that Danny Roanoke does, and we can see that in full force here. We saw it in full force the last two times that Danny Roanoke won.
0: That's right, but of course, Halcher rolling to the outside. Let me remind you at home, this is a submission match. There are no count-outs, no DQs, and no pinfalls. The only way to make your opponent um, opponent lose is by forcing them to tap out, and I think that might be the one advantage Hollywood Halcher has. He is a man with no quit inside of him.
1: Very true, Sills. He has uh, mounted insurmountable odds in the past before, and uh, very... Uh, Ironically, utilizing his patented submission maneuvers.
0: That's right. The walls of Holcher has won him more than one victory in the past. Meanwhile, though, Danny giving chase to Holcher on the outside of the ring before grabbing him and, oh, my God, whipping him knee first into the ring steps. And you can see Holcher grabbing at that knee, but... Oh, wait a minute. Danny got him back in the ring, but Holcher takes advantage of that momentary lapse in in control from Roanoke. Goes for the Skyliner, but Danny dodges, grabs onto the leg, and, oh, locks him in the knee bar. Unfortunately, all of this emotional play from Danny is paying off wonders. Holcher trapped in the center of the ring, locked in a knee bar, and look at him just crawling for those rope tips.
1: So this is probably the worst place you could be in a submission match, in any normal match when you're stuck in a submission. Look at how far away from the ropes he is. He's got to expend so much energy just to crawl and get to them.
0: That's right, and you got to think about this. Danny Roanoke, we've seen him use the anaconda device. We've seen him use numerous maneuvers. I don't think, if anything, Hollywood was expecting a knee bar, but finally manages to get to the ropes. But unfortunately, I think the damage has been done. Hollywood Holcher has become the proverbial one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest as Roanoke pulls him to the center, trying for that knee bar again. But, oh, wait. Halter reverses, sends him into a turnbuckle, then levels him with a scoop slam. You can see Holter knowing he has to work fast, picking up Roanoke. And, oh, dropping him with the Hollywood Hills backbreaker before grabbing him and looking for the walls. Hollywood Holcher looking for the walls of Holcher. But, oh, look at that. The leg immediately buckles before Holcher can sit down into that modified Boston crap. And, and Tibbs, look at that wicked smile growing on the face of Danny Roanoke. He knows that his work has been done. He knows that leg has been damaged beyond
1: repair. That was his plan all along, Silves. So you can see it now. He was thinking two, three steps ahead of Holcher. He knew that the walls was Holcher's signature move. He knew it was a submission. He knew that's what would give Holcher the edge. He took it out before Holcher even knew what was happening.
0: That's right. Now you can see Danny trying for the figure for a leg lock. But wait a minute. Holcher, Holcher grabs him and... Uh, Tibbs look at it reversing it into a roll up but that is not how you win this match Tibbs Hulcher is confused he is damaged he is broken goods and Danny Roanoke is just reveling in it he's playing to the crowd he don't even want to end the match yet
1: no Sills he thinks that he's won this he's got it all packaged up maybe uh, honestly Sills I would not say that he should celebrate too much until the match is won That's
0: right, but you can see him continuing to kick at that injured leg of Hulcher, and and at this point, I don't know if Hollywood can stand, let alone wrestle, and you can see Roanoke on the ropes bragging to the crowd, and wait a minute, Tibbs, Tibbs look behind Roanoke, it's Hulcher, Hulcher's kipped up onto that leg, he was paying possum, and Danny gets caught! Danny gets caught. Holcher grabs him in a rear naked choke on Roanoke. And look at those flailing limbs. But Hollywood wisely takes him to the mat. Falls down and gets the hooks in. Hooks those legs in. And Danny Roanoke is trapped,
1: Tim. <laughs> That is great, Sills. It, you see this. Danny Roanoke, once he thought he took Holcher's legs out, he thought he'd won. But Holcher, knowing that he couldn't get the walls in to the best of his ability, adapted. That is adapting on the fly, going on right here in the ring.
0: That's right. You see Danny trying to roll it over. Danny trying to find some way to the ropes. But Hollywood, Hollywood quickly turns it into a LaBelle lock. Hollywood turns it into a LaBelle lock, and he wrenches on that neck. And Danny Roanoke is forced to tap. Roanoke forced to tap. And just like that, Hollywood holds her. It was a do-or-die situation, and today Hollywood said, I do, and that has put him up to 2-3 in this best of seven
1: series. Very interesting into this match here, Sills. Hollywood Holcher, he was able to continue on the series, but not only that, he was able to get the win through outsmarting Roanoke in the moment that Roanoke thought he had won this match.
0: That is right, and of course, next week, we can see if Hollywood continues this momentum when they come face-to-face in a ladder match. And if Hollywood manages to survive that, we know this all comes to a head at heck in a sec. That's what Danny Roanoke said at the beginning of this entire program, was that if Hollywood can make it all the way, he's going to have to defeat him, in that most devilish of structures, the heck in a sec.
1: That's right, Sills. He called that one from a mile away. Maybe this is Danny Roanoke's ultimate plan.
0: That's right. In addition to that, I've just been informed that after their interaction earlier tonight, we are going to see Coach James face off against Robert Hill. And when those two behemoths go at it, the entire ring might implode, Tibbs.
1: Oh, Sills, this is not a match that I was expecting in the year of our Lord 2020, but damn do I am I interested in it? That is right, Tibbs, and in addition,
0: we are going to hear from Spider Lockhart, one-fourth of the hard Americans, and a man who's coming out of retirement again for, is this the third, fourth time, Tibbs?
1: It's somewhere around there, Sills. I think that I've still come out of retirement
2: more than him.
0: (laughs) That is right. But until then, remember to support the JWF, whether that be donating on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash a load of BS supports us. Our sister show, Fight Boys, the entire BS network. gets your support if you donate over there and you get access to tons of exclusive goodies. Like the show Wrestling History X, deep dives into wrestling history, and some older episodes of JWF,
1: Monday Night War. Absolutely, Sills. And if you know, if you know what I'm really into, it's those t-shirts, Sills. Get all the t-shirts. T-shirts with your favorite superstars. There's other stuff too, but I'm really in it for the shirts.
0: That's right, and all of those are available at merch.alotofpurebs.com. If you want to support the VWO, our tag team champions, the Rising Suns, our former champion, Chuck Tibbs, they all have merchandise available at merch.alotofpurebs.com.
1: 100%. Go buy it. Get my face on your face. But
0: until next time, He's been Captain Tibbs, I've been Silver Spoon, and this has been JWF Monday Night Ignition. And we will see you
2: next time.